Hello, friends. How is everybody? Good. It's so good to see you. So good to worship with you today. Uh, I want to invite you, if you haven't already, to pull your phone out, follow along in the sermon app notes. Um, you'll find that we've made it a little bit easier for you to get to those. So if you open up the app, the St. John app, you'll see them right there as our featured right on top. So you can dig in with us. We're continuing our sermon series on old habits and new habits today. And we're talking about worship. And I want us to dig right in. It's a short passage today from Psalm 100. So if you would, read this aloud with me. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Now, I want to start out by taking you up 10,000 feet so we can have a really broad, holistic look at worship. A lot of times when we say that word, saying that word worship, our minds immediately turn to a song or praise or even this worship service of us here together. And while all those things are definitely worship, they're not the only things that are worship. Worship encompasses everything we do. Now, when I started seminary back in 2014, I took a class called Worship Foundations. And uh, Chris and I had just moved back from Baltimore, and we didn't have a place to serve. We were looking, we had visited a lot of places, but we just hadn't found the one where God was like, this is where I want you to be. But one of the assignments in Worship Foundations was to make something or do something to enhance your worship service. I found myself in a real pickle. Wasn't sure what I was going to do. I had some friends who were writing music and songs, some friends who were writing poetry and drawing art and doing... I went to school with a lot of talented people. So I decided to take a pottery class. And while I know these pieces look really small, because they are, <laughs> I was mighty proud of them. I went in hoping to make something uh, to represent baptism and also something to make communion. The communion stuff didn't really cut, the, cut, cut it. <laughs> they were pretty rough. But I did get my baptismal stuff, and yeah, they're really small. They shrunk. I hold 12% in the kiln. Who knew that that would happen? But I remember sitting down to the pottery wheel to spin for the very first time. And I remember and was amazed each time I would sit down at the pottery wheel to throw the clay at how just a flick of my finger or a shift in my body or even a facial expression change could change the pottery. Pottery and clay, it's so delicate. So delicate that I had to engage my whole mind, my whole body, everything about myself in spinning that clay so that it would turn out to look like what I needed it to and wanted it to look like. Pottery is very, very personal, just as our relationship with Jesus is very, very personal. My hands had to be on the clay the whole time to mold it, to change it, to think meticulously about how I wanted it to look and form and shape. Now, I realized for me that that experience was a form of worship for me because I wasn't worshiping anywhere else. I needed it to be worship because I was really in need of some place, something to do to bring glory to God. And I also learned this, that more important than our experience of Christ is the Christ 
of our experience. Now, I wasn't worshiping anywhere formally, but this was enough for God. And anything we do will be enough for God to be worshiped if we do it with Christ at our center. Now, worship is made up of what we offer, what we bring, how we think, how we live our lives. And I want to visit here something that Paul says in Romans 12.1. He says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Paul is saying here that our lives, our bodies are living sacrifices for God as our worship. Are we treating our bodies as living sacrifices for God to bring our worship to God through our bodies? Think about how, what are we putting into our bodies? Not only physically, not only food, but what are we putting in our thoughts? Are we consuming the right foods? Are we consuming the foods that God gave us to fuel our bodies the way they need to so that they operate the way they need to? Are we filling them with junk food and over-processed foods and stuff that just tastes really good? I get it. What about our minds? Are we consumed with social media and news? Or are we living in the Bible? Are we reading Christian literature that helps us stay grounded in whose we are? All of these things matter so that we can offer ourselves and our lives as worship to God. Let's visit a story about how this didn't go so well for somebody. Let's look at Genesis 4. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel, for his part, brought of the firstling of his flock their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain offered what was convenient for him. Abel offered his best. Worship, what we bring to God, is a heart issue. Cain was doing what he wanted to do because it was easy, and he was just checking a box. But Abel did it because he was enthusiastic. He was God-centered. He wanted to bring something that God would find glory in, and he did his very best. Let's look at another situation. When Jesus was being tempted in the desert by the devil himself, Luke says this, And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for he has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Serve only him. Who we serve, who we devote our time to, where we put all of our efforts is a form of worship. And God says, Jesus says, we have to worship the Lord our God and serve only him. We cannot serve more than one thing in our lives. Do we find ourselves saying, we just don't have time for things when it comes to God? Are we finding ourselves spending more money shopping or paying off debt or credit cards on stuff that we don't really need, and so we just don't have any left over to give to God? 
Are we finding that we're so busy, our lives are so consumed and filled with who knows what, and so we're just so tired because, you know, we're not treating our bodies as living sacrifices. And so we find ourselves really exhausted. And the only morning that we really can sleep in and get our rest is Sunday. So we don't go to worship service. And I want to turn now to worship service. But before I get there, I want to look at all these pieces. And these are, this is not an exhaustive list. This is just showing you that worship in totality is made up of a lot of smaller practices and smaller habits that help us keep Christ-centered. But one of those very important pieces is the worship service. And so I want to turn our attention to that. So I went to Google, because don't we go to Google for everything, and I Googled, why do people go to worship service? So I'm giving you just a minute to look at this, okay? I know it's a lot. But as you go through these reasons, now these are reasons that people really answered, as you go through these reasons, think about, I don't know, yeah, I kind of go to church for that reason, or I go to worship service for this reason. But also think for yourself, why do you come to worship service? What, is, what would your response be to this question? I've heard also another reason is to be fed. I hear that a lot from a lot of people, to be fed, and that's why we go to worship service. Now these answers, of course, while I said, are real answers. People really answered these. I'm not convinced that the real and correct answer is up here. But I'm not going to tell you what that is just yet. I'm going to leave that as a little teaser. I know you're all on the edge of your seats. First, <laughs> I want to talk about some statistics about how worship attendance has changed since COVID. Since COVID. So since COVID has hit, one in three people who proclaim to be Christians have stopped attending worship that's in person as well as online. One in three. When we break that down generationally, millennials, 51% have stopped attending a worship service of some sort. Friends, there weren't many millennials to begin with, okay? Gen Xers, this is my crew, 35% have stopped attending worship service, whether online or in person, and baby boomers, 26%, almost one in four. This should shake us. This should startle us. And it should also challenge us, not only so that we can continue being the church out here and letting folks know we're here, but it should also challenge us. What's keeping us grounded? What's keeping us coming here and keeping this as a practice for ourselves? Because it's obvious that while it's easy to blame COVID, because COVID's gotten the blame of a lot of things, it's definitely our scapegoat lately, it's not the only reason, and I want to look at what was happening before COVID happened. So here are some statistics. I know this is really busy. I'm going to be looking at the line that has the dots on it. So for those of you who are colorblind, I apologize. The one that's blue is the one I'm going to be visiting first, which is the one that has the 52%. So monthly or more, people who were attending worship service, 52% were attending monthly or more. So at least one time a month or more, they were coming to church. And that was in 2009. Fast forward 10 years, in 2019, that was down to 45%. Dropped 7% in 10 years. Now, if we look in 2009 at those who were going a few times a year or less, these are probably your Christmas and Easter folks, 47% were doing that. Fast forward 10 years, it's 54%. So you can kind of see people are coming to worship service less and less and less. I can imagine that those few times, those Christmas and Easter folks probably didn't make it last year because of COVID or whatever else. And it's easy 
right? It's easy to look at all the reasons, and I also Googled that. Why don't people go to worship service? And this is busy, and it's busy for a reason. I don't want you really digging in, or I'm not going to make you read all of these. I just want you to see there are so many different reasons why people don't come to worship service. But when I look at the news or the social media just quickly, because I'm really just checking out of all of it, I see that we're seeking a lot of things right now. We're seeking a lot of things. But it seems also obvious to me that the one thing we're not seeking in this nation and around the world is God. So it's easy to see why worship service is not important anymore. When people pull away for whatever reason from worshiping on Sunday mornings, it does not take long for that little time away to become a habit, to fill that time up with other things. We know how it is, right? We get busy, things happen, and we just don't have time to go to, to worship service anymore or watch online. I think about ivy, the plant ivy. Some of y'all out there may love you some ivy, but I do not. I loathe it. There's a reason why there was a poison ivy bad woman in the Batman series, because it's not a good thing. What ivy does is it latches on to anything that is vegetation, and it consumes it, and it takes it over, and it blocks the sunshine from the plant that it's taken over. And if the lack of sunshine doesn't kill the plant, then it'll grab an illness or a disease from that ivy. You see, lack of worship will eventually block your sunshine as well, and your spirit will grow weary. The bad part about all those folks that aren't going to worship service anymore, they were surveyed about the things they still needed. And they still said they needed prayer. They needed encouragement. They needed fellowship. They need community. And they needed to hear a message that was centered on hope and on Christ. Back in the day, whenever America was being built and they were building all the roads, a lot of people used wagons. That always makes me think of Oregon Trail talking about my age when I say that game. But everybody did, you know, we're traveling in wagons, and what wagons did is they made these really deep ruts in the road. And so there was this sign that would say, avoid this rut or you'll be in it for the next 25 miles. And that's what happens whenever we get away from things. We fill them up with other things, and we're there for a really long time, and by the time we get out of it, we're not even sure where we started. Wait a minute, where was I even going here? And I realize that I may be preaching to the choir right now because you all are here. You're watching. You're listening. I understand that. But I want to challenge us. When was the last time we invited someone to church, to worship service? Well, it's a COVID world. I know. When was the last time we invited people? That doesn't mean because it's a COVID world we're living in that we don't have a message to share and hope to live out and Jesus to proclaim. We still need people to know we're here and more importantly, most importantly, that God is still here. Which brings me back to these reasons again. Like I said, all of these reasons are real. All of these reasons. But they're not the main reason why we worship. Sure, we see results from worshiping. We grow closer to God. We are molded and we are shaped just as clay is when we come here and we worship together. 
We find enrichment and we find comfort and peace and joy when we worship together. But those are all results of worshiping and it's all making the thing about us. It's, it's setting an expectation for God of what we expect when we come here. You ever heard anybody say, I went to church every single week and something bad still happened. God still didn't save me or God still didn't keep that from happening. That's what humanity does. We make things about us. So I want us to visit Psalm, 20, uh, Psalm 100 again. And I want you all this time, I'll read it, but I want you all to say every single time God is referenced here. Okay, so make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. The main reason, the only reason we worship is to worship God. It's about God. It's about Him, His goodness, His faithfulness, His Son, His Spirit, what He has done in this world and will continue doing. We leave our expectations, our wants, our needs, our preferences. Well, I wish we'd sang this song or that song or done it at this time or this time. We leave all that at the door. We turn away from our world, our lives, our anxieties, our worries, our families, our friends, our stuff. We lay it at his feet and then we focus on him. We let our lives be about God when we worship God. Sure, Sunday is a piece of the larger worship pie, but all the pieces matter. And they matter because we were created to worship God. We were created to worship with one another. We were created to worship individually. And we were created to worship with all the earth because he is worthy. He deserves it. And when we do, we find him in all of his fullness, available with all of his gifts, so that we can live this life as living sacrifices to his goodness, his glory, and his plan. Let's pray. God, we know that we get this wrong sometimes. That we make it about us. God, we turn to you. We thank you that even in the midst of that, even in the midst of our selfishness, you are still there waiting for us to simply turn to you. God, we thank you that you have created us to worship you. God, we bring it. We bring our worship. We bring our love. 
we turn away from everything that is creating noise in our heads and in our hearts, and we go to you. We turn to you so that you can be our peace, our comfort, our joy, that you can maintain us so that when we leave these walls, that we are still the church living out your love, your reasons, your purpose in this world so that others can discover it, discover you, and also realize that they were created for worship. God, we love you and we praise you. And we're going to sing because we love you and it matters. Amen. If you would.